Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now. This is Byron Lazine. We've got Ryan, Casey, and Chaz Cook here today from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. That is the number one team in the state of Connecticut per the MLS in units sold for the year. And joining us today on Real Estate Radio is Brian Fay, New England home mortgage lender and co-owner. B. Fay. We're going to dive into the rates. They are toxic. They are uncertain. They are choppy. They are all over the place like Chaz Cook on Happy Hour. That was a Ryan mm-hmm. Casey joke right there. That, that was is. That, was that a Ryan laughed. joke? <laughs> that was a, yeah, that was a perfect Ryan joke. All right. Tell us about these interest rates. What do we need to know about the mortgage interest rates? Right Byron, now? you said it perfectly. They are all over the place. So... Up early in the week, down Thursday, down Friday. They have just been all over the place, and no one can get a hold of what they're going to do in the future. So that's that's what I get all the time. Brian, what are the rates going to do? I have literally no idea. Um, when the inflation news came out, I thought the rates were going to go up, and they actually went down a little bit. So I can't figure out this market at all. Um, they are back down to the sixes. So we're in the... You know, for a normal conventional loan, we're around six, seven, six, eight in the high sixes. FHA more mid sixes to high and high sixes, but so they're down from the sevens where they were, you know, over a week ago, uh, which is good. But they are just all over the place, and I just can't figure it out. So when you I think the, of clients, I just say lock it because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, the only economist that got it right was actually the ones from MBA, your association, the mortgage. Bankers Association, at the beginning of the year, they were the only ones saying we would hit seven potentially by the end of the year. Everybody else was five, maybe six, high fours. When I say everybody else, I'm talking Zillow. I'm talking Realtor.com, Freddie, Fanny. Um, There was nobody talking about seven at the beginning of the year. And I, I posted this somewhere online that Mortgage Bankers Association are the only ones that got it right. And somebody commented, like, everybody was saying seven at the beginning of the year. Nobody, nobody was saying that. Am yeah. I right? Am I right, Bife? No, what, yeah, what I, was, I was thinking fives. That's why I'm like, oh, we'll go from three to five. I mean, think about three to five or two, seven, five to five. That's a huge jump in interest rate. Huge jump. It went from two, seven, five to seven, like literally in four months. It's, in, it's crazy. I did not think they were going to go up this high. And I think people are saying they're going to go up to eights, maybe mid eights. Again, I don't see that happening, but as I, I said earlier, you know why not? My months get a little foggy. Remind me, where were we the end of the end of Q1 this year? Where were we the start of April? We were trending upwards. So I think we're in the we we're in the high fours then. We were already in the high fours. Yeah. So, so, so January we were. Again, I'm flying as well. I just can't keep them all straight. Our January we were about three, right? January, yeah. It started, you know, it just it kept going. December, up. right? Three, three and a half, four, four and a half. I remember yeah. it hit five. <clears throat> I remember it hit the five and a half and went back down to the fours. I'm like, hey, as long as I can quote a rate in the fours, I'm good. And then it went to the sixes. I'm like, as long as I can quote a rate in the fives, I'll be happy. And now if I can quote a rate in the sixes, I'm happy. It's just been going up and right. up and up. So let's go quick around Chaz, Ryan, then, then B. Faye. So Chaz and Ryan more on the, you know, what you're, 
Are buyers pressing pause right now? What's the mentality with buyers as it relates to the interest rate? And then, Bife, what are you seeing on your end uh, in terms of demand for mortgage applications? Chaz, go ahead. I'm actually seeing some of my buyers, and actually this happened this week, we got an offer accepted, but they dug their heels in at a price point that they were comfortable with, and it was well under the listing price. And we went back and forth, back and forth, and we were so close to coming to terms, and the listing agent finally says, like, listen, like, what's the holdup? We're within, like, $7,000 here. And I said to her, because the monthly payment, like, if, you know, this was on uh, last Friday, um, I'm like, if we're going to lock in over the weekend, they're not going to be able to lock their rate until Monday, so they don't even know what the rate's going to be. That can make it fluctuate, so we're staying right here. And she went back to her seller, and she explained that. She explained that to her seller, and he finally like kind of looked at it, and he looked at the numbers himself, and eventually he was like, okay, I understand where they're coming from. I don't want this house to sit on the market. I need to sell it. And so they went ahead, and we had came to terms on it. So, But on the same note, I have buyers that have had to lower their purchase price down $50,000 just to stay within a number that they're comfortable with. So a little bit of a fluctuation, but buyers are definitely holding their ground. Brian, what about you? Yeah, for um, me... Um, basically I'm just noticing a lot less showings. I don't have, um, as many showings lined up for the week, which is okay because this happened before. Like when Faye was talking about, Hey, when it jumped from five to six, uh, when six went to seven, it's all like this little bit of uncertainty. And when people want to, and then I know it's like, and Faye, we talked about this before when the, even if they go up, once they settle, I notice that people start to feel more comfortable and they understand a little bit more of, um, of what they're looking at. So, I mean, what right now, just like, like Byron said, we're in choppy waters. There's not as many calls, not many showings. I haven't had any buyers back out because the rates are too high. I think what Chad said, though, they're kind of sticking, you know, they're putting their foot down and say, well, we're not budging anymore. This is the price we're going to do. I'm actually dealing with something like that very similar. Um, but like I said, I think once the water's smooth, even if they're still in the high sixes or hit sevens, we just need smooth waters for people to be like, okay, I feel good. Right. To adjust to it. Yeah. Bife, how, how, yeah, I Well, they're definitely down. I mean, they're definitely down. A, no more refinances. Like, refinances are gone unless, I say, unless you're getting a divorce or you need cash out. No one's doing a refinance. So, applicants are almost. Oh, guess what? Divorces are going to be on the up in 23. So, so maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Not that I'm rooting for that. Not that we're rooting for divorce. That's where the trend is at going. As my fingers are crossed. Just kidding. But yeah, I I agree with that. But um, to Ryan's point, I'm getting a lot of people say they, that's what we're looking for. I think stability, like, okay, they're going to be six and a half for the next six months. I think people can live with that. I don't think, I think people have a problem going from six and a half to seven and a half to six, nine, nine. Like it's just so unsure where the rates are going. I think if we just settle down, and they, they are what they are, six, six, five, six, eight. I think people start to come back out. It's almost what happened at the beginning of COVID, remember? Crickets, nothing happened the first three weeks of COVID. Then people are like, okay, this is the norm. And then everyone started buying. I'm not saying everyone's going to come out and buy again, but I do think they're going to feel a little more, I don't know, secure or just know this is where we're at. Because everyone's like, oh, the rate's coming down. I get it every day. The rate's going to come down. They're going to come down. And like I said, every time, I have no idea. Um, what ha- what hasn't come down yet is the values of your Connecticut real estate. Uh, th- there's no indication that they have come down, despite the fact that we have these issues with the interest rate. We can get into a little bit of the reasons why 
When we come back, Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talks. Save big with quality propane. Work it, make it, do it, make sense. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Work it, harder, make it, better, do it, faster. Make sense, stronger, more than ever. After our work is never over. Work it, harder, make it, better, do it, faster. Make sense, stronger, more than ever. After our Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, Stimulating Talk. Byron Lazine, Brian Casey, and Chaz Cook from the One Team at William Ravis Real Estate. We're joined today by Brian Fay of New England Home Mortgage. Brian Fay is an active lender in the state of Connecticut, as well as a co-owner of New England Home Mortgage. We're talking about the rates, the volatility, what that means for your market. Is that going to ultimately mean that there will be downward pressure on the value of your home. Uh, we'll get into that. Let's talk about right now why I think the I think when people hear these numbers that we're about to share, which is um, Chaz is going to go through buyer's purchasing power, monthly mortgage payment principal and interest, you know, what they, what they can purchase as this interest rate continues to go up. But people, when you hear these numbers, I think the initial reaction is going to be, okay, that's just, that just means prices are automatically going to fall. Historically, prices do fall when interest rates jump up. So um, we'll get into why maybe they won't after, but Chad, share the numbers. Absolutely. So looking back on the month of September, the median price point for a single family home in the state of Connecticut was $365,000. So this chart that we're looking at now starts at 360. So I want to kind of Piggyback or start right there at that number since that's as close to our uh, median sale price. So when the rates were at six, you were looking at a mortgage payment around twenty one hundred and fifty dollars. And for every for, for quarter, how much? How much was the house? Three hundred and sixty thousand, which is just right, under so, the median sale price in the state of Connecticut. So we're going to do everything at three sixty, right? Everything at three sixty. Okay, go for it. Six percent, twenty one fifty eight, and so approximately for each quarter point, we're going up about sixty dollars. So six and a quarter, twenty two hundred seventeen dollars. You know, six and a half, twenty two seventy five. Let's jump up to seven, where we got up to so far, two thousand three hundred ninety five dollars. So we're already at a two hundred and forty dollars swing on somebody's monthly payment there. And then if they do get up to like seven and a quarter, seven and a half, where this chart tops out, they're over $2,500 a month. So you're talking almost a $400 swing in a point and a half worth of interest, which is making it very challenging for people who are looking in that median price point for the state of Connecticut to understand what their numbers are going to look like, or even to be able to continue to afford that median price point. And so when, when people hear that, they say, well, you know what, that person that's shopping for homes at 360000 if they were... You know, at 6%, if they were shopping and they had, um, you know, kind of maxed out where their budget was at $2,100, well, they're just going to be offering $300,000 for that $360,000 house so that they can stay into that $2,150 range for the payment because they wouldn't be able to afford $2,500. That's the natural, you know, thought process there. And and these numbers that Chaz wrote off the source is mortgagecalculator.net. There's a bunch of these mortgage calculators online. Brian, do you guys have one on your website? Uh, we do. Yeah. NEHMloans.com. There's a mortgage calculator right on there. NEHMloans.com mortgage calculator. Maybe you've seen the Dave Ramsey one online. There's a whole bunch of them, and you can play around with these numbers. Go to NEH, 
Um, homes, uh, loans, not homes. <laughs> Are you going to start selling homes? Don't, don't start selling homes. <laughs> I probably NEHMloans.com. <laughs> hey, you wonder what's fascinating there. about those numbers? So right now, what Chaz was saying, let's say the rate's six, seven, five, a $360,000 home, the mortgage would be around 2300 When the rates were 3%, which they were for literally years, 3% or less, that $360,000 mortgage was $1,500. So that's $800 more you're paying in a mortgage payment from back then till now. That's the real jump, right? Because 6% to 7.5%, that was a... That was like a minute that went by. Correct. Six, they were six, right? But but for two years, when all the haters online were like, oh, "All these people buying houses are, you know, buying them too high." Yeah. They were scoring deals at three percent. They were now, scoring deal after deal after deal. Here's a question for for the three: is uh, eight hundred dollars on a mortgage payment? How many? What does that equate to for a mortgage? So, in other words, if you're, you know, how much more could you have bought? to get that payment at $2,300. Probably a couple hundred thousand. 200000 a $200,000 mortgage at 3% as a mortgage payment of $800. And, and, you and, could have literally bought a house for five sixty and get a mortgage payment at $2,300. It's right. fascinating. So, so the folks that, and, the, and so. And, and the, yeah, the people complain because they're paying an extra 30, 40, 50,000. Now with that money, that real money is two hundred thousand dollars. You could have got. And so, so we're we're seeing a lot of people say, "Well, exactly, all these people that paid, you know, five sixty because they, you know, could afford it at twenty, uh, two hundred bucks or whatever that was on their mortgage payment." Well, they're going to just that value is going to fall off the cliff. Well, it hasn't. Values have not been increasing at the rate that we saw the last couple of years. Not at all, but they're not falling off of a cliff why there's still no inventory there's still no inventory right now relatively speaking historically speaking uh there's not enough inventory to make it a buyer's market they're getting a little bit more time to shop they're not having to compete as much there's a lot of good things happening for buyers right now not the interest rate but in terms of how they can shop for homes but we're not seeing values fall off the cliff. So it's it's definitely an interesting, wacky time. This will be a new data point as we look back on it. And by the way, home price forecasts for 2023 are not expected to fall off a cliff. Fannie Mae says it'll actually go up 4.4%, not the 20% we saw in the last year, not the 20% that we saw the year before that. Freddie Mac says 4%. Mortgage Bankers Association, which has been very conservative on their forecasting, they were the only ones that got the interest rates right this year. They're saying homes are going to go up 2.8% in 2023. HPES is saying 2.6%. NAR is saying 1.2%. There's really only one economist that I follow uh, that's a significant voice in the industry, Ivy Zellman, who says it's going to go down. She says it'll go down 4%. In 2023, so the average of those six forecasters is actually up 1.8 percent. Even if it goes down the four point, uh, the four percent that Ivy Zellman says, you know, that's it's not. We're not. We're not talking Armageddon. We're not talking 2008 by any stretch of the imagination. What what I will say would would push it down further. Would would be if if the Fed starts to really go after employment in this country. They're going after housing right now, 
housing's their new their new target. And if they decide let let's make the unemployment long line, you know, really long, let's get unemployment up over 10%, which is what they did in the 80s, right, Faye? They got unemployment up over 10% when they were trying to break in in the beginning of the 80s. Yeah, I believe so. I believe it was like 13% was up to, maybe even higher. Yeah. So if the Fed wants to go that direction, you know, if that's the lever they pull, they want to put, you know, families out of work, they're going to be forced to to sell. So you have, you know, inflation is at 8.2%, right? Which was a little bit higher than what everyone was expecting. So, you know, Byron mentions like the Fed's come out and they're saying we're going to attack Basically, we're going to go after the housing market. And you know what this reminds me of? You ever see like the movies like with Godzilla or any monster that the people have a plan to stop the beast or the monster? And they do that plan and it doesn't slow it down. Well, that's how I feel like fuels the fire. That's what I feel like is happening right now. Like they're trying to do everything right now to correct this market by going up, what, three, three points in, since the beginning of the year. And there's not, and all of a sudden we saw the Dow goes down 700 points. They thought that the that loans were going to go skyrocket. What happens? The, the Dow rallies on Wednesday goes over. I believe it's nine hundred points. Rates actually go down. So it's like it's like that's my analogy. It's like a monster, and they cannot slow this this train down. Well, I think another big part of it is, is they're they're not coming up with a strategic plan to do it. It's almost like they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what's going to kind of stick here instead of saying, okay, we're going to make a calculated move. This is the steps we're going to do, and we're going to follow out this plan. It may take 12 to 18 months instead of every three months just being like, oh, well, let's just jack the rates up anymore and see if that works. And so there's not a lot of calculated thought behind it. Right. But I'll ask Byron and, and, and Bife this question. Like, is there is this like a one-trick pony show? Like, is that all they can do? Yeah, they only, have, they only have one move left. I mean, That's they're, it, down, they're right? down to this one final thing that they're, they're doing right now. I mean, that, that's it. That's all they got. I mean, they, they, there's nothing else, you know, there's there's really nothing, and Bifei, correct me if I'm wrong, there's really no, no other tools left in the toolbox at this point. Uh, there isn't. This is this is their last, their last shot at it. So I can see why, you know, when you're backed into the corner, why Powell says things like, you know, we're going to really go after housing, and housing is, you know, in our crosshairs, and we want to really make sure that how the housing market goes down in price. You know, he's explicitly said that. I don't think if there's no, if there's no supply out there, how, yeah, well, I don't don't think he does a really good job at times of factoring in, you know, the market dynamics, which is, well, builders aren't building right now because it's very difficult to, to make a set a safe bet and a safe investment in doing so. And then you have what I've predicted all year would happen, this cold war in real estate where sellers are like that are locked in, which is like I saw a number, Faye, that's like over 80 percent of people are locked in at like three and a half percent or lower right now yeah. on their home. So, yeah. you know, but there's another guys, like 50 percent of, of people don't have a mortgage at all. I think it's 50. Yeah. And then, and then 50 percent of those don't have a So you've, you've got. Almost four out of five people don't have a mortgage or are under three and a half percent. Yeah. So and the big thing is, are you going to need your your three percent mortgage to go get a seven percent mortgage? And normally, when you sell to buy, right, you're increasing. You're going from a smaller house to a bigger. Yeah, you're getting a bigger house. 
Yeah, but now you're going to go from that 3% at a $300,000 house to a uh, $600,000 house at 7%. It's a huge difference in payment, like huge. Hey, when we come back, I'll tell you exactly, though, who is going to be doing real estate deals despite what happens here over the next year. So there will always be buyers and sellers. I'll tell you exactly what demographic is going to be making moves as we go into 2023, despite this stalemate and less transactions in the market. This is Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back. You'll listen to 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. breathing roll them onto their back check airway is not blocked gently tilt head back hold nose and breathe Say Radio 94.9 News Now, simulating talk. Byron Lazine, Ryan Casey, Chaz Cook from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. We also got B. Fay, Brian Fay from New England Home Mortgage with us today. And I mentioned at the end of the last segment that there is going to be a demographic that no matter what happens here, uh, they're going to continue to buy and sell real estate in 2023. They're going to be making life experience decisions. And uh, it and you know, you know who hangs out with this demographic like all the time? It's Martin. It's Martin McKinney. You know, he's introduced me to a bunch of these folks. They're called the baby boomers. Okay. The baby boomer generation. Martin, I love you. But the baby boomer generation, like Martin, they're the generation with all the money. Mm-hmm. They're the ones sitting on all the cash. So listen to this. Baby boomers in this country. They own $71 trillion in assets, okay? That's 76.4 million people make up the boomer class. That's one-seventh of the world's total assets. One-seventh of the entire world's total assets are owned by 76.4 million people. That's the baby boomer class here in America, all right? So... And here's another stat that'll blow your mind. CNBC, 22% of millennials are going into debt from dating, from dating (laughs) each other. So like while boomers are sitting on all their cash and everyone's talking about this big wealth transfer that's going to happen. No, they're going to buy some real estate. They're going to buy some boats. They're going to go, they're going to go to dinner and not go to debt for it. While some of these dumb millennials are 22% of them anyways, are going into debt from dating millennials. If you're listening, please don't go into debt to date, go buy an asset like real estate and you'll end up in a, and maybe that 
you know, class like the boomers where one seventh of the world's total assets are sitting in your hands. Listen, boomer and boomers, though. Th- th- here's one thing that'll upset boomers, you know, because I just pumped them up. I'll bring them down a little bit. They- they've had it the easiest of any generation in the history of America. That's for sure. So while they were able to build up all this wealth, if you look at the 80s and the 90s, um, and even going into the 2000s, we had 9-11, early 2000s, my senior year. But they almost had a decade, if you look at late 70s through up until 9-11, of just peace and prosperity. Uh, you know, the 401k was such a great thing for boomers where they were just, they couldn't lose, you know, for almost 30 years straight. It was just nothing but a building machine. And I get it. I mentioned earlier in the show, the beginning of the 80s, they had to break inflation. But right after that, you had, you had all the Reagan years. Uh, they, they've really had it quite easy. And when you look back on the last 20 years, you know they never saw anything in their building years like we had in 2008. They never, in, in terms of building all this wealth that they now control, they never had to experience a 2008 in the middle of their building years. Certainly never had a 100-year pandemic. None of us did until we just had one. Uh, all this war that we've had the last 20 years. So, you know, they're sitting on all this money. I, I just believe that they're going to keep continue to live life. They're going to continue to use some of this money over the next year. And first-time homebuyers that are just sick of, on the other side of things, the millennials or Gen Z that aren't in debt for dating, uh, that are just sick of renting, they're, they're going to still be out there. And actually, first-time homebuyers are up in 2022 in comparison to 2021. Uh, Bife, you're not a boomer. I'm not right? a what, boomer. What, what, what am I? Am I Gen X? You're, you're that generation in between that nobody cares about. It's just there. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Gen X. Although there's some ballers in Gen X as well. You're one of them. So Thank you. Uh, what's your thoughts on... The people that will make real estate transactions, now we, we'll get to our lowest transaction point in 2023, probably since 2012 in this state. But but who are going to be the people? I think it's going to be boomers and, and first-time homebuyers. Your Definitely thoughts? the first-time homebuyers, 100% first-time homebuyers. And, and to your point, the boomers who may not want to down, downsize. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to sell their, their house and they're going to downsize and buy it with cash. So they're not even worrying about the interest rates. They, they don't care. But now they don't want to take care of this house that's five bedrooms and five acres. They want to downsize. So I think absolutely they're the ones going to be selling and buying. Not good for me because they're going to be buying for cash. But also those first-time homebuyers, listen, you're going to buy no matter what um, what the rates are if you're a first-time homebuyer because you're going to want to buy that house and, and start building building equity. Byron, you talk about all the time, like people who own houses are – What's the number? Ten times more wealthy than oh no, it's it's seventy five x something. Yeah. yeah, so they're going to want to take advantage of that, even with the high, even with the higher rates. Uh, there's still low down payment programs out there. There's still you know decent programs, and then what will happen? It's happened year after year. Is when the rates do come down, you just refinance and you take advantage of lower rates. I, I said this to my parents. <clears throat> uh, the whole the whole rant I went on how boomers have had it so much. My parents are boomers have had it so much easier than the millennial generation because people want to beat up on the millennial generation. Like I did. I mean, I, I beat up on them with the CNBC thing. 22% of millennials are going to debt from dating. That's psychotic. Don't be an idiot guys. You know, there's better ways to, uh, 
you know, pick up a girl than trying to impress her at a fancy restaurant. Girlfriends and boyfriends come and go, Byron. Real oh, estate yeah. lasts forever. Real estate <laughs> lasts forever. You can always get another girlfriend. You can't replace building a real estate portfolio or building a great business. You got that right, Ryan. Uh, but uh, my parents were like, you're out of your mind. And then I actually walked them through it, like <laughs> what, what it's like to, to be in this generation where student, you know, student, you have the student loan bubble. People don't even talk about that because we have so many other problems. I mean, right now we're on the on the brink of potential nuclear catastrophe, and uh, you know, I started to wake up to it. They're like, "Yeah, I guess, I guess you are right. The last twenty years have been much harder than the previous thirty. What, what's your thoughts on, on on what I said, Faye? No, I think you're one hundred percent correct. And, and to your point of the the four hundred one ks, it was literally printing money back then. Printing, right? You just you literally put the money in, your company would match it, and the numbers are just crazy. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, four hundred one ks are not what they used to be. Again, I was gonna put money in it anyway, but I, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, Social Security uh, is about to do a cost of living. Yeah, what's it? Eight point seven. Ryan was saying earlier. Eight point yeah. seven. Yep. Yeah, they're about to do a cost of living increase that'll be the largest of all time. My generation might not even get Social Security. Well, we just might not even up. get it. Two thousand thirty-five. It's supposed to be over unless they refund it. Like the money's going to disappear. Right, and they're doing the biggest increase in the history this year. So, listen, that's what the money's at the top, and and the first-time home buyer who hasn't been dating and and is saving their money and is playing it smart and is working hard. And there's going to be plenty of transactions. If we look back at, you know, even those years where there was low transactions because, you know, of what happened in, in the market, you know, going back to, let's say, let's say, I think 2012 was the bottom. Uh, 2012, you would see, well, June 2011 looks like, the absolute bottom for closings on a rolling 12 months. You had 27,000 sales in 12 months. And the last 12 months, we've had 47,000. And that's the state of Connecticut for you all said properties. 2011, 2012 was the worst? 2011, 2012 was when the market actually bottomed. It bottomed in 2009, Faye, yeah. Connecticut. And it actually had this increase in 2010. A lot of investors started buying, right? Okay. And then it, I would and have thought it, 2010 would have been the worst, but. We had a second bottoming. No, to 2010, actually, we had a little peak. Yeah. And then we had a second bo true bottom, 2011, 2012. So we bottomed what we thought was the bottom in 09. We had a little bit of increase on everything 2010. Certainly transactions went went up. And then we had a true bottom in end of 11 and 2012. All of 2012 was was brutal. 2009, actually, which we all thought was the bottom, was actually higher than 11 and, and 12. If you were trying to sell real estate during those years, you, you remember exactly what I'm saying. All right, we, we come back. We've got, uh, we've got the Rewind for the Week presented by Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist. Brian Fay. I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing with us everything on the interest rates. Yeah, Where can people? I, mean, I always love coming on the show, so I love it. Where can people go to your website? Use the mortgage calculator if you want to play around with that. Or just reach out and and uh, chat with you about mortgages or refinances or any questions they have. Yeah, websites nehmloans.com and best place to always get me is my cell phone 860-250-4982. That's Brian Fay, New England, 
New England Home Mortgages. Brian Fay, thanks for coming on. We'll be right back with more Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, Stimulating Talk. If you're signing up for a short-term life insurance. Real Estate Radio, Chaz Cook and Ryan Casey of the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. Mr. Brian Fay and Byron Lazine had to run off and save the day, do whatever they do on these busy Saturday afternoons here of making sure we all stay up to date on what is going on in our Connecticut real estate market, which leads us into the one team weekly rewind where we share with you how the number one team in the state of Connecticut had done for the last seven days. How do you think we did, Rye? I think we did pretty good. I would say we did pretty we good. We always do great every week. Every week. We are the hardest working team for a reason. And even though these rates continue to be all over the place, we continue to help our buyers, sellers, and investors with five new listings, nine under contracts, and nine closings. Our first new listing is 27 Tremont Street in Meriden, Connecticut. Hit the market for $220,000. That is a bargain right now. Mm-hmm. Four bedrooms, one bath, just over 1,800 square feet, built in 1935. Adorable little house that has just under a quarter acre. Opportunity knocks in this four-bedroom, one-bath cape. This home features two bedrooms on the main floor and two bedrooms on the upper level. Ooh, so if you are looking for a deal in Meriden, you can reach out to Heidi at oneandcompany.com. Next up, not going to go too far into this one. This is 27 Garfield Road in Bristol, Connecticut. Hit the market for $245,000, but it is under contract. So congratulations to Alex on getting that one up and listed in seven days or less. Next up is 5 Lena Lane in East Hampton, Connecticut. Hit the market for $379,000. Three bedrooms, two baths, just over 2,000 square feet. Beautiful ranch-style house with a attached to car garage brought to the market by can anyone guess oh it's gotta be lee bar it's gotta be lee bar everyone's favorite realtor congrats lee bar just over one and a half acres this warm and inviting incredibly spacious are few words to describe this just over two thousand square foot ranch so if you were looking in the east hampton area reach out to lee at one and company say lee bar is very warm and inviting as well he is. He's got one of those personalities that makes you want to hug him every time you see him. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Next up, 152 Connecticut Boulevard in Montville. This is in the Montville Manor. Remember when we had Mary Poole on and she broke it down, how she used to have to go do test runs through there because there's one-way streets and dead-end mm-hmm. streets. So if you are interested in living in the Montville Manor, you got to make sure you reach out to Carrie, Carrie at oneandcompany.com, to go check out 152 Connecticut Boulevard. Hit the market for $269,900. Adorable little ranch with four beds, one and a half baths, just o- just under 1,200 square feet and just over a third of an acre. It's got a, also got a finished level, lower level, which is perfect if you have a family and need a little bit extra space. So again, if you are looking in the Montville area, reach out to Carrie at oneandcompany.com. And our final new listing of the week is 105-107 Priscilla Circle in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Hit the market for $335,000. This is a side-by-side multifamily brought to the market by Ariel. Uh, it is a great deal. Four beds, two baths, 1,600 square feet. So great 
complete rental income. If you are looking to take some of that extra cash and invest it into real estate, which we know is going to continue going up for the foreseeable future and are looking in the Bridgeport area, you can reach out to Ariel at oneandcompany.com. Right, guy, take it away with yeah. the under contracts and closings. Let's do this. So as Chaz mentioned, we had nine under contract and nine uh, properties closed. So these are the towns that we got houses under contract. They were in, of this week, they were in the towns of Killingworth, New Haven, Middletown, New Haven again, Waterbury, Danbury, Bristol, Stonington, Waterbury. So look at that, all the way all the way to Stonington, to Bristol, Danbury. I mean, we're all over the place. And then close, congratulations to our buyers, sellers, and investors. These are the towns that we closed in this week. They were in the towns of Groton, Montville, Stratford, East Haven, Guilford, Guilford again, Southbury, Southbury. That one of them is mine. Congratulations, Donna. And New London. Look at that. All right, open houses. We've got three going on today, Saturday, October 15th, and also three tomorrow, Sunday, October 16th. Going on right now in the middle of the show, we've got 76 Queech Road in Brantford, Connecticut. That was a gorgeous listing brought to the market by Emily White. Shout out to Emily White. She's been killing it with the new listings recently. So that is going on today from 11 to 1. Again, that is 76 Queech Road in Brantford, Connecticut. Beautiful colonial out there. We've got one of those new listings I mentioned before, 27 Tremont Street in Meriden, going on from also 11 to 1 today. So you still got some time to shoot down there and see Heidi. And you know who her co-broke is? Amber Boba. So congrats on that one. Amber is the color. Remember we did Yeah, I know. That's why I was waiting for you to start singing. Uh, He missed the cue. Anyways, folks, back to what matters here. Next open house going on right when the show wraps, 28 Smith Ave in Niantic. That is going on from 12 to 2 today. So if you're looking in the Niantic area, head over to 28 Smith Ave from 12 to 2 today. And tomorrow, Sunday, October 16th, you got another opportunity to go over there and check out 76 Queech Road in Brantford if you're a little tied up today or it's not enough notice. 11 to 1 tomorrow, 76 Queech Road in Brantford. Uh, also, 14 Patagansett Drive in East Slime from 12 to 2 tomorrow. And 94 Stonehouse Road, number 34 in Coventry, Connecticut. That is an Alex listing as well, Alex, Pe- Alex Pepe. Uh, and that is going on from 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow, Sunday, October 16th. That is going to do it for this week's One Team Weekly Rewind. Look at that. Rates going up. Things happening down. Up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're yeah. still going to get the houses on the market. We're going to get houses under contract and get them closed, which is always the most important number of them all. So if you're having thoughts, you know, just thoughts. No, you know, not you know, we're not going to be at your house, you know, like right after the show, unless you want us to be. If you're having thoughts about listing, buying, have any questions, definitely reach out to one of our agents on our website, um, which is oneandcompany.com. We are called the One Team. Usually, what I do is I always have trouble. I spell things wrong at the time. I just put in Google because Google knows what I'm thinking half the time. Even if I got a couple letters wrong, so definitely look out uh, for us. You can check out our blogs. You can see all. the all the amazing um, social media we put out on Instagram. Facebook. That is at the One Team WR. That is on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, Ari Marketing Team definitely does a great job with that. We actually do have producer Bobby hiding in the background. You folks can't see him. He's got a screen off today if you're watching mm-hmm. the podcast. But now we continue to come out with relevant content. And it's also you know pretty entertaining, if I don't say so myself, some of those Ryan Casey videos. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we spent the first part of the show talking about these rates and how they swinging back and forth and buying power. And now we want to give you guys some facts and some data as to actually what we're seeing in the Connecticut real estate market and how much of an impact all of this fluctuation is having on your real estate market. So where do you want to kick it off? Right. I think 
really we should start before we go into because usually we always do price new list. I think uh, we should do how many houses are currently. Let's do single family homes. Single family homes. Let's do yep. single family homes. And we're gonna go months of supply. Let's do um, homes for sale. Homes for sale. Currently, okay. There is currently right now. Now keep in mind, this is September's numbers because we don't have October yet because we're still in the month. Let's start at June though, because then like I want to talk a little bit about the summer and it. kind of what we saw there and yeah. why we saw some of those things. So yeah, so for June, seven thousand three hundred and eight homes were on the market. Now keep in mind, even if you want to go back a little bit more, like April when a lot of people put their house on the market, May seven thousand six hundred for April, seven thousand four hundred. May and then as we kind of continue throughout the year, the amount of homes on the market decrease. And we are officially right now as as of September 2022, there are only, only in the whole state, think of it, the state, 6,726 homes on the market. Now you might be asking yourself, okay, well, what's what's the average? Like what were we dealing with maybe back in an average market? Let's go back to 2018, 2019. 2019 for September. Ready? I'm going to blow your mind. Yep. Let's hear it. 16,857 homes. So just for a simple math, we're going to call that a 10,000 single family home swing. Yeah. Decline. Yeah. um, Which is just an astronomical number when you think about it. Because then when we go over here and we look at closed sales and we look at closed sales for the month of September, 36,760. So... We're closing at six times the rate that we have months of supply. Yeah, you're right. That's basically what's going on. And, and heading back to September 2020, um, you know, we saw 37,973 37, homes. So we're almost closing as many homes in September of 2022 as we did in September of 2020. But we have 10,000 less homes to offer people. Yeah. And I mean, that has to do majority with the rates when they were so low, right? People were like, okay, let's make this work. However... But Byron was mentioning in the previous segment how we kind of, you know, we what goes up must come down. But then they thought the bottom was there, but there wasn't. It was actually right. it went back up. So that's what we're starting to see now. Like back in June of 2021, there was 46,000 uh, deals closed. Now, prior, because then this has to do with COVID, right? So COVID had a lot of people, a lot of deals happening. And since then, the amount of closed deals has just come, is starting to come down because there's just less homes, maybe the rates are starting to scare people away. No one wants to sell a house because what are they going to do? Lose their 3% and buy something for seven? Well, and in June of 21, we actually only had 10,000 homes. So really 3,500, 3,400 homes for sale. So not a huge difference there for the amount of closings. But now if we go back, if we go to the uh, median sales price in the whole state of Connecticut, single family, we're at $365,000 is the median price. After being flattened, uh, July, flat in yeah. August, we hovered at 360. So June, 355. And the reason I, I harp on that is because July and August, we know uh, everybody went on vacation. Mm-hmm. I even took a vacation. Like I don't usually take like a week off. Everybody was taking one, two, three, four vacations because they've been pent up for the last two years. So, right. you, you know, people joked it was called the COVID hangover or whatever it is. But now people are back. People are back to reality and the buying and selling is still a necessity. So as soon as everyone kind of like let off some steam, boom. Home prices mm-hmm. ticked up another $5,000. Right. And it's not like, like Byron's mentioned, it's not as crazy. There's not as, I mean, depending on the location, it can be a little crazy, but it's not like it was before with every single house was a battle. Now we have a lot of houses 
that are just way overpriced. And it doesn't matter how many, how low the inventory is. People are kind of like, well, this isn't making sense. The inventory, the, the rates are going up. So this doesn't make sense. So there's a little bit more. I'm not going to use the word common sense, but it's more of a people are starting to look. This doesn't. This doesn't make sense. They're being logical. They're being logical. Yeah. Um, you know, when things get a little bit tougher, hey, if the rates were probably back down to three again, let's say magically I was able to, these houses would start going again, right? Because you heard us in the previous segments about how much your monthly payments would be. And I think that might actually hurt us because with we continue to go down in supply, even though rates are continuing to go up. We almost need the rates to, like you say, kind of balance out, let some of that inventory creep back up so that we actually have something to show people on a consistent basis instead of going back to the races and having to sprint everywhere and having 30 seconds to make a decision. I'll just say this. We have to go. It's like, and this is what I'm talking about. Like we were talking about the beast and the monster. Like what number finally takes this thing down a little bit, makes a difference. And I mean, they're, they're, go- they're very aggressive and there's not much slowing down here. There's definitely not much slowing down, but we're going to continue to stay on top of it. And we're going to continue to bring you the facts and the data here on Real Estate Radio. I'm Chaz Cook for Mr. Ryan Casey. We will catch you guys next Saturday with a fresh episode of Real Estate Radio on 94.9 News Now and Stim- Stimulating talk. So fresh. Salon Buick GMC 